This is Undivorce Wittable, the podcast made to divorce-proof marriages. I'm Giovanna. And I'm Rance. And, and we, we are, are the, the Robinsons. Robinsons. We've been rocking together for 18 years, married for 15 years. People tell us all the time that we inspire them. We are relationship goals. And it's not because we're famous or we're fronting for social media, but because they can tell that what we have is genuine. There have been ups, crazy downs, and moments where it would have been easy to just walk away. This is a no BS podcast. We're keeping it a buck. And we're telling you all the truth you can handle about what it takes to stay together in today's world. We, we are, are Undivorced Wittable. Welcome back to another episode of Undivorced Wittable. I'm one of your co-hosts. I am Rance Robb. And I'm Giovanna. We're glad you're here with us for another um, week. Thank you for tuning in. And we are going to get into a topic, maybe kind of solemn for some. Yeah. But we think it's something that um, maybe you it can help you because there's something that's inevitable in the future. Definitely. Definitely. So, you know, guys, we usually try to keep our podcasts fun and everything, but... But in marriage, you know, we deal with all that life tosses and throws at us. And unfortunately, death is not a stranger to Rance nor I. We have both dealt with losing um, very close people prior to us knowing each other and um, even after we got married. So for me, I lost my sister. Um, she was my younger sister back in 91 when I was younger. And um, Rance lost his father. So that was back in 97. When I was 16 years old, he yeah. died from a massive heart attack and um, traumatic situation. Of course, my mother, who's a preacher, was out of town in Atlanta preaching when we lost him. So yeah. me and my brother had to like deal with that kind of like by ourselves without her there while she was fighting to get home to us. Right. Yeah. yeah. And then um, with my sister, she actually drowned in Lake Erie. We were on a family vacation that um, ended abruptly, and um, my sister passed away along with my godbrother. She was four, he was five, and then his sister, who was three. So we've we've dealt with some traumatic losses in life, and because of that, we also understand the value of life yes. and the importance of relationship and valuing those people in your life in those relationships because at any time you know who expects to lose their sister at four and Rance his father's death was sudden you know he didn't expect to lose his father at 17 so 16 but yes. 16 sorry so you know um it's hard and that was prior to marriage and so we both came into our marriage understanding those things and having those um, holes in our lives because of it. But then the other thing is when you're married and dealing with death when you're married as a couple and apart, there's just so much. So one reason why we're having this discussion this week is because Sunday was Mother's Day. And this past Sunday. Yes, this past Sunday was Mother's Day. And for those who know us personally know that Rant's mother passed away in 2017. So while this holiday is fun for some, we have to remember though those who really struggle on this day in this time of year. And 
for many, many years, um, I've known a lot of people who have lost their mothers. So for many years on this, on, um, mother's day, first thing in the morning, before I even like really get out of bed, I always say a prayer for those who've lost their mothers and who are dealing with, you know, the commercials, everybody doing this, all everything on Facebook and, you know, Instagram and all the accolades and everything that are made. But then there's people that I know that actually like, they don't even log on. They don't go on any social media because they can't handle it. And rightfully so. So, um, with my mother-in-law's passing, it was, it was sudden. It was unexpected. It was real quick. Yeah. Still doesn't make sense. Still, um, takes, knocks the wind out of me sometimes when I think about it. But you also have to try to persevere and move forward in life. Yeah, definitely. It, it, it hit us all hard. It hit us all hard. And because Rance and I have been married for so long and, my mother-in-law, so Rance is him and his brother, and she never had any daughters, so she used to call me the daughter she never had. So it was like when she passed, I lost someone very dear to me, but then in my head, it's like, okay, but I got to put my feelings aside because I have to be there for my husband. I have to be there for our children. I have to be there for my brother-in-law. You know, it's not about me in this moment I have to put, so I kind of like shut my heart down for a while to even allow myself to feel because I wanted to make sure that I was there for you guys. And, you know, and, and it's, but it's like when you're married, even though that's my husband's mother, you know, all of us are grieving. Yep. And I think for me, I think that it's an aberration for you to be mourning like us mm-hmm. in this situation. You know, I had 36 years with her, of course, the impact that she would leave on people because she loved people, but she loved to, you know, talk to you about your soul and the next step right. after this life. And But she had a way of doing it where, man, she didn't meet a stranger and people just gravitated her to her. And so for you to because you know people have some people have like very bad relationships with their Mm in-laws so i think that that speaks to who she was as a person to have such an indelible impact on you like that definitely definitely yes she she truly did and it's and it's like um like Rand said it still it still knocks the wind out of me and takes my breath away when i think about it because we, we were really, really close. We were very close. And one thing that I found that was important because our middle daughter, this was her first major loss in life. Yes. And so I thought that it was important. It wasn't your first major loss or mine. So I thought it was important to for her to go to grief counseling. Mm-hmm. But then... She really wanted us to join her. And I think it was very good for us as a family that we all went um, together because we were able to cry together. Yes. Um, a lot of people, people who know me know that I'm not a crier. I'm not one to really cry in front of people, especially. But there's there's healing in tears. And I learned that there's healing in tears. And in those 
sessions that we had together, you know, I learned that it was okay to cry. And even if I was the first one, me crying didn't necessarily mean that everybody else was going to break down because I didn't want to be the one to like, you know, start the domino effect. But it was it was just great to do. So it's needed. And anybody out there, um, you know, we always talk about like marriage counseling being so important. But in a situation where you lose somebody in marriage, I don't care if it's a child, a spouse, grandparent, if it hits you hard enough. I definitely recommend that you seek grief counseling. Mm-hmm. There is no right or wrong way to grieve, um, which is something that I knew from my mother, who was also a counselor. So she she had her degree in Christian counseling. She would counsel marriages, people with uh, death. And so actually a couple of weeks ago, I was thinking back to flashing back to 1997. So me and her uh, going grocery shopping after my father had passed. It's a gloomy day. It's rainy. And I I broke down on her. Like, you know what I'm saying? As a teenager, I was hard by this time. You know what I'm saying? I wasn't no crier or, you know, you weren't going to see me cry. Um, but, you know, to a degree, I thought I was tough. And I broke down. I, I, I cried on her and I just didn't understand why this had to happen. And the one thing that I remember the most is that she let me cry. And then she didn't try to steer the conversation, but just let me roll. And so I was driving in the car, matter of fact, and I looked to the heavens kind of like, so who's going to help me? Who's going to drive the van while I cry about you? Mm. Now, I haven't really shed a lot of tears over the in, in about a year or so since she's passed away. Um, I kind of got my release in the fall uh, probably like early November from her to live my life. Mm-hmm. And so for a lot of people who don't, you know, believe in the afterlife, you whatever, you don't believe in the spiritual realm. Um, I got a release from my father back in 2000 where he was kind of like, it was through a dream. He told me it's time for you to live your life. Mm-hmm. Forget about me. Yeah. I'm gone. It was a beautiful scene. We were on a golf course and it was an amazing scene. There were rolling green hills for as far as the eye could see. And we were sitting at a table and he had on all white, had on a white uh, fedora. And he was telling me it's time to move on. Mm-hmm. And that was like the last vision, whatever I had of him. And for her in November, she hit me like, it's time, son. Yeah. Faith, not fear. I need you to get back to living your life because i've been depressed like i've been even in the midst of depression like trying to go to work i flipped a house um <laughs> you know mm-hmm. what i'm saying like but without energy so i'm doing these things and i can't give it the emotional energy that i need it due to the pain yeah but grief counseling is definitely important because without that i'm fairly certain i'd still be a mess yeah yeah it definitely helps and i mean you know, the th- the thing about grief is like it never really stops. Mm. Um just time kind of helps as it goes. Yeah, it does. Like I know for me, um with my sister passing at such a young age, so my parents had three children. My brother's the oldest, then I'm the middle child and then my sister. And I found that when I was older, so I was 8 when she passed. 
And when I was older in my twenties, working at J Crew as a um, as a stylist, and I would see sisters would come into the store and they would shop together, and then I would hear them in the changing room, and they would say, "Hey, I haven't been able to find my my um sweater or whatever, my pink sweater. Oh, girl, I got that. I need to give it back to you and different things like that." And they're like, "Oh, you get this one because I can borrow it, and I'll get this one, and you borrow it, and this, that, and the other." And it triggered something within me, mm. and I didn't really realize that that void was necessarily there of not having my sister until that part in time in my life. Wow. And it's like, I I have friends, you know, I've always been real selective. It's hard for me to just call a friend of my sister because it's like, for me, no one can replace that person. Yes. And I don't give that title out easily, but yeah, it just struck a chord with me. And there was one time where I almost broke down and I had to like, just, I had to leave the area and I couldn't, you know, I couldn't deal with it because it was just, it rose up within me at that moment. And like that void was really affecting me. So it's, it's weird because when you come into a marriage and when you lose someone, when you have lost someone and then you're married, your spouse doesn't always realize or know when you're having these moments. You know, sometimes a lot of people, we deal with our grief silently and mm-hmm. we don't openly talk about it. So, of course, you're not the same ranch you were before 2017. Absolutely not. I see that you're not the same person that you were then. But at the same time, it's like, do I know on a daily basis or on a weekly basis what you're like when you're dealing with it? And for so many so long, I found myself walking on eggshells because I didn't want to trigger you. You know what I'm saying? I didn't want to trigger a thought or trigger a memory that might, you know, make you sad if we're laughing and things are, are good, what seemed to be good that day. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, Which, I mean, very, very much an assumption, though. Right. It is an assumption. Because, you know, that's the one thing that I found myself doing quite a bit was looking at the parallels because it it had been 20 years between both of my parents' deaths. Mm -hmm. So I was able to think back. Of course, it like reopened how much I miss my dad, her Mm -hmm. being gone now. Um, But at the same time, I I was familiar with the process. Mm -hmm. And so one thing that I do know is in the way that I process is to talk about it is okay. Yeah. To talk about her is okay. To talk about how you feel, all of that's okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and and well, if a good day goes to bad, it's a part of the, the process because the one thing that I do know is that time really is the healer. Um, that's one thing that my mother said to me when we were in the car that time where I broke down mm-hmm. is that time is the thing that will heal or men not heal, but mend and help to wash over the wound. And so for me, then I remember thinking how odd that was because both of her parents were still alive. Mm, gotcha. But I understood that her as a, as a counselor, mm-hmm. she knew what she was talking about from that standpoint. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm like, you know, conversations, things like that are necessary. And I really am grateful to grief counseling in our church for providing it for free. Exactly. 
Exactly. And I know everyone can't get that for free, but there's a lot of church play, uh, churches and things that do offer it. Mm-hmm. Um, but you have to you have to get it out and talk about it. As a matter yeah. of fact, I had people on Facebook Messenger who had lost parents, and I would send them condolences and just tell them, you know, grieve. Mm-hmm. Whatever that means to you, just don't be dis- don't let it be destructive. Right, right. And that's the thing. It's like knowing and understanding that we all deal with it differently. Mm-hmm. Some people shut down. When when I lost my sister, it was I I just kind of like shut it out. You know, I didn't want to acknowledge. I wanted it to be a dream. Mm-hmm. And my dad made us actually go to counseling as a family. We went, there were some sessions we went to that were together, and then we broke off separately and had our own separate sessions. And what I found that helped me was I had a book, and I have it to this day. I have a book um, where I just wrote to her, like, just about every day. I would write about my day. I would talk to her like she was there because we shared a room. So I would talk to her Mm. as if she was there um, and Mm. everything and share certain things with her and stuff like that. And so that's how I dealt with it. But I didn't really talk about any of my feelings openly with my family. And then, you know, as years go on, the next major one that really hit me hard was the loss of my aunt, who was she was my great great aunt, but she was like a grandmother to me. Yes. And, um, I I'm mean, busy in the house. she, she, that really, that really rocked me because when you lose someone as a child, you only have so many memories, mm-hmm. but when you lose someone in your adulthood, there's so much more attachment. Yes. There's those. And even though I stayed, you know, in the room, my sister was like, as I got older, you know, we moved out of our house pretty much within a month because my dad was, we were actually supposed to be moving anyway. So that worked out. But, you know, so I was able to detach myself from those memories of being in the same room and different things like that. Mm -hmm. But then when I lost my aunt, it was like, I didn't even want to go back to Toledo. Yeah, I remember when we had to pass through and you just didn't want to. I had to pass through one time to go to Detroit and it was the route, the highway that actually went past like almost like you're going past our house. And I couldn't even look that way. And we were going to one of my um, one of Sharia's dance competitions and I just broke down in the car. I just couldn't like even driving past. And and it was just like. Cause I would talk to her so I would talk to her on a regular basis, and I still haven't deleted her number out of my phone. I still she's, got my mom's. I still got her voicemails. Yep, yep, she's still in my favorites, and Lizzie passed in 14, 2014. So, you know, I lost her. And she saved our relationship. I won't tell the story. <laughs> but boy, did she save our relationship. <laughs> Love Aunt Lizzie for that, man. I never, she kept it all the way true. <laughs> She saved it. <laughs> really? <laughs> she saved it. I wish we could tell everybody, but we can't. Sorry. Sorry, guys. Sorry to put an insider on the podcast, but it's yeah, just what it is. She I will just say this. I Lizzie kept it real. She was she was one of those people where she told you like it was. Yep. She just yeah, she she let you know when you was wrong. She let you know when you made her mad. I mean, she was just, she was just, she was awesome. She, <laughs> she was, was awesome. And she loved to feed you. She, you never left her house without eating. And I mean, and, even there would be times we would just pass through. Mm-hmm. 
and um, just stopped to check on her. And we meant for it to be, you know, an hour. Right. Maybe hour and a half. Nothing too long. Yeah. And she was going to try to yeah whip up a meal we had to eat eat. (laughs) we had to eat there's you know you have so many memories but it was like you know you 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 learn to look back on them and smile and 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 be able to talk about it but when it comes to being married and dealing with it you know you you have to let your spouse grieve and no matter how long it takes for them to grieve, you have to be understanding. Yes. And that's a big, you know, how do you do that? And one thing that I realized that you were doing for me is you were not pressuring me to be like the old me mm-hmm. because you realize that a deep part of me is gone. Right. That's such an important part that I'm not going to be whole. Right. I may experience wholeness later on down the line, but mm-hmm. you know, there was no big push for you and vice versa because I, I know what my mother meant to you um, and the, and our kids. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and I think the one thing that's just been the hardest is that like how much I love my son and how much I feel like because she prayed so hard for him mm-hmm. and she only got to experience just a little bit of him. Mm-hmm. And so when, you know, I see him and his personality and how funny he is, the dude's comedian He's an actor. He's three. He's like full of hilarity (laughs) and she's not here for that. Yeah. And I just know she'd be over the moon with it. So it's those certain things like that, that I still deal with, but have to make sure that we don't step on each other. Right. And you know what? It's like, you know, the saying everything happens for a reason. Hate that saying. No, it's it's true. (laughs) So... Everything happens for a reason, but, you know, we don't always understand what that reason is. And we've we've dealt with a lot in our marriage. One day we're going to have a, t- a podcast and actually talk to you guys about what we went through with our son. Um, so our son was unexpected. We, we were done. There's 10 years between our middle child and our son. And he came into this world as a preemie. My water broke literally at 23 weeks. Um, for anybody who's ever been pregnant or anyone who knows somebody who's pregnant, you go 40 weeks of, of pregnancy. So we were just a little over half and that, that, that was not the time for my water to break. So he comes into this world. And one thing that I am grateful for him coming when he did and in the way in which he did that I think about, um, from time to time now is he was in the NICU. He was born in July. He was in the NICU to November. And my mother-in-law would go there every Saturday. And early first, she was usually, she would get there usually before I would. And she would get there and she would help with his feedings and things like that. But she prayed over him mm-hmm. and she would sing to him and she would spend that time with him. She would talk to him and everything. And I truly believe in my heart of hearts that that has helped to mold him to be who he is. And she poured so much into him in those moments that I am grateful for. And had he been full term, had he not been in the NICU, they may have never had those moments like they did because, you know, she wouldn't have been coming over every single Saturday, you know, to pray and sing yeah, and my do mother, different she things. Was busy. I mean, she was super like preaching and traveling 
you know, she was busy. Right. And so I'm grateful. I'm yeah. grateful for that because um, even though she passed early on in his life, that's something that he has with her that he may never know or, or, or anything. Have, might not fully understand it, but it's But it, it, it's something that's in him yep. that, you know, that is special. It's special because it means a lot, you know. It does. And that's... Um, Something, another thing when you're dealing with as as a couple, you have to think about and appreciate what those loved ones who are now gone, mm-hmm. what they meant to you, what they meant for your marriage. As, if it's positive, mm-hmm. if it's negative, I, I can't really tell people how to deal with the emotions surrounding that. Yeah. Um, I'm sure that you have to sort that out, write that out, screen that out, mm-hmm. you know. Because for some people, the death of others is a release. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. You know, from super negativity and different things like that and having to. So when you're dealing with it from that side, I can't really tell you what I would do in that case. Mm -hmm. But what I would say is however it's going to come out, the grieving, Mm -hmm. whether it's the crying or the laughing. I remember, you know, the week of my dad's funeral like you know from his death till when the funeral would be and all that mm-hmm. I used a lot of laughter that mm-hmm. was how yeah. I was coping it wasn't crying and sitting around stuff like that it was trying to trying to make people laugh family friends stuff like that that's how I coped with it everybody it's going to be different it's going to hit different and you just gotta you gotta be willing to move forward the way you're going to be because mm-hmm. I didn't feel like praying Mm-hmm. I'll tell you that. I know. Uh, the, the last thing I wanted to do was pray. I didn't want to hear anything about how God knows. and None of that. I didn't want to hear that. Right. And that's the thing. It's like during that time, because so I have a, and I've shared this before. I have a prayer partner. We pray every morning. And after my mother-in-law passed, I remember for the longest I would tell her, I don't have nothing to ask God for. He ain't answering my prayers anyway. But we would still, whether I was calling her or she was calling me, we still got on the phone to pray. And I had to make myself, like one thing I would say, and I said it to myself whether I felt there were days when I didn't feel like saying it, there were days when I didn't even believe it. I would say, this is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. I had to make myself say that and feel it. And that was more so the spiritual side of me, you know, rising up to to help the emotional side of me to deal with it. But then also I knew if I'm feeling this, what are you feeling? Mm-hmm. And if I'm having a hard time praying to the Lord, you know what I'm saying? I know you, 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 you not, you know what I'm saying? So one thing that I will say, and it sounds so cliche, especially for people who've been in the church and stuff like that. But one thing I will say is that prayer definitely changes things. And prayer does work because we, I had to pray. I had to pray Rance through. As his wife, as his helpmate, I had to pray you through. Because for months, I would I would just say a prayer. I would see, I'm your wife. I would see certain things, you know. I would feel certain things. And so I had to keep praying and the, and the prayers don't Thank stop. Thank you for being in tune as well, because I wasn't going to 
detail every pain, every right. pain that came from the, the death. And so being in tune was a blessing. Watching that, me, seeing me, knowing me. Right. And that, and that, I think that's important when you're when you're married, um, when you're dealing with a loss. And this could be a loss of a loved one, a loss of, of a job, a loss of something that is significant because there's so many different types of grief. You as a, as a spouse who it may not have hit directly, I would say, you have to be sensitive to what your spouse is going through. Yep. And even if like they're acting out of character, you have to be sensitive to the fact of not necessarily taking things personally. Yes. You know, um, and I think another thing, too, is when we were going through with the grief counseling and stuff, it helped in a sense where sometimes that's where things were revealed. You know, we didn't necessarily talk about things together on a regular basis or anything like that. But through grief counseling, it was revealed like my mother in law passed in November. I don't even think it was three weeks and my grandmother passed. Yep. And then. Not even, and then that June, my grandfather passed. Yes. And my grandfather, he lived with my mom. So I saw him every day when I would drop my son off. And that was our son's buddy. Like, that's his homie. Yes. From the moment he came home from the hospital, I mean, they were like two peas in a pod. When I would drop Jordan off at my mom's house um, to go to work, usually she wasn't even downstairs yet. And Papap, that's what we called him. Papap would be in the room and he would be sitting there. He would have the cartoons on for Jordan. (laughs) Jordan wasn't even one. He was like (laughs) six months. So he would have the cartoons on for him and just put him right there. Just just set his chair right there. And so when he passed away, it was like it, it, it hit on a whole different level. And it was just like, I'm still grieving for my mother in law. Then I'm grieving for my grandmother mm-hmm. and then my grandfather. And it's just like, oh, my gosh. It was like death angel. Move on from around here. Right, right. You know? Like, I ain't even, there was, it just got to a point where I didn't want no phone calls. I didn't want my phone to ring right. because it was just like, it was just too much. Because there was other family members who passed away in the midst of that as well. But those were the significant ones that hit just so hard. Mm-hmm. And it was just like, oh my goodness. So, you know, you're dealing with all this, but then at the same time, we have kids. Yep. We got to, you gotta know, keep on going. We got to keep going. We got to keep po- we got to keep pushing. You know, there is times where I would be in the car and I would go to reach for my phone to call my mother-in-law. You know, there is times when in the route that we would take even to Sheree's dance studio, um, I would have to go past the the hospital. Where my grandfather was, yep. there was times where I couldn't even, I would have to take a detour because I just didn't want to go over there. Yeah. And I mean, that's just how um, deep it can go, mm-hmm. you know, especially when you're talking about, um, I lost my train of thought. I'll edit that out. <laughs> yeah, but it could it, it goes it goes deep and I think that communication is very important throughout all this. You know, there's times when the communication can be verbal. Mm-hmm. There's times when you have to be able to pick up on the nonverbal cues. Yep. Um 
And and this is a moment also for I feel like you really need to speak your spouse's love language. Um, whether it's acts of service, whether it's touch, whether it's spending time, whatever it is, I feel like this is definitely the time when you need to speak your spouse's love language. Because, for example, if your spouse's love language is time, just sitting together watching a show, you know, holding each other, that can speak volumes. Mm -hmm. Because your presence there lets them know, I got you. You know, if if their love language is touch, just rubbing their back, rubbing their shoulders or, or whatever, or just holding them or touching them, that can speak so much more than just how was your day? Absolutely. It can. And, you know, one thing is just sometimes being in tune enough to let me vibe on my own. So mm-hmm. I don't know if you guys had to go out of town or something. I don't know what it was. Maybe you weren't out of town, but I was home alone. Mm-hmm. And Netflix dropped Chris Rock's, his Netflix special, mm-hmm. and Dave Chappelle's. Mm. And so I was actually able to be by myself and laugh. Mm-hmm. And in the midst of the um, Chris Rock special in the intro, he had Thundercat, and he had a song called Them Changes. The bass line was so dope, I had to figure out what the song was. Mm-hmm. And so I listened to this song. And never has an artist said a line so impactful that matter of fact, when I when I Facebooked the line, people were checking on me. But in the song, I'm gonna I'm gonna put it in right here. Thundercat says, I'm sitting here with a black hole in my chest, a heartless, broken mess. That was the most, Mm. I mean, that's exactly how I felt Mm -hmm. at the time. And so the arts, you know, help. I know a lot of religious people of various beliefs who can be dogmatic will look at or maybe discount certain things that can help you right through a situation Mm -hmm. and to me i'm always looking for inspiration Mm -hmm. and so a few of those situations i mean it was just like oh wow and so i've been a thundercat fan ever since (laughs) he's he's an incredible bassist he's weird Mm -hmm. right his music is really good Mm -hmm. and um some of his songs that i've heard not i haven't heard his whole catalog but it's just amazing how art can help yeah, it definitely can. And it's funny you say that in the sense of like we were gone because for the longest it's like I didn't want to leave you. I did not want to leave you. I don't and I don't know where we were or whatever, why you were, you know, but for the longest I did not want to leave you alone because I just didn't want you to feel lonely. I didn't want you to go to a place mentally or emotionally, you know what I'm saying, that we couldn't get you from. You know what I'm saying? But mm-hmm. obviously it helped. Obviously, you probably needed that release. You needed that time to reflect and, and different things like that. And that's why it's important to to communicate and it's important to understand. Yeah, like when your spouse who is mourning doesn't want to be bothered, mm-hmm. it's okay not to take that personal. Exactly. Exactly. You know, and, and they're... 
there were times where I just know I just couldn't. There were times where I couldn't even be present, you know, mm-hmm. with the kids, things like that. And you were really good about taking that on, you know, getting Jordan to bed, um, taking the kids if need. There was just times I couldn't. Mm-hmm. I could not. I was paralyzed. And then another thing, too, because you had started your um, you had really started hitting the gym really hard um, prior to. And that definitely helped. And so that was that was your release. And I knew that was your release and you needed the gym. And for me, it was like I didn't care what was going on at home. I didn't care how many things I needed to juggle. If you needed to go to the gym right after work or you needed to go to the gym right at this moment, for me, it didn't matter what was going on in the house because I knew that that's what you needed. I knew that that was important to you. And if that's what you need for your release, I'm going to allow the space and the time for you to have it, Mm -hmm. no matter what it puts on me, because I know that it's going to help you, you know? If I have to cook dinner and run the kids here and run it, and you know, those are, those are so minute, you know, details or things that aren't even going to last and matter the next day. Right. But you going to the gym, getting your release and working out and, you know, doing what you needed to do to take care of yourself was important. Yeah. And I appreciate that. And even in the midst of working out, um, it was definitely important to do because, it increased serotonin serotonin levels. So I was able to find some happiness through that mm-hmm. where, you know, even from an internal standpoint. And the other thing that I did, and I don't know if, you know, you need this, but I took a lot of vitamin D. My mother died in November. So dealing with cold months. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, that summer comes. But the next winter, you know, that's when I started doing a little research on what are some other things that can increase mood and enhance mm. to de- because I was depressed. I, I there's no way around that. Mm-hmm. Um I was I was very much so in a depressed state that I didn't come out of again guys until the fall of 2019. Um but still trying to go through life and not let it affect my family but the vitamin D really helped mm-hmm. along with the working out. Yeah. It did it and and you know just it makes a difference. So do what you can. To be because I'm not a codependent person, Mm-mm. so even when I was out there, I didn't need marijuana, I didn't need alcohol. I functioned better without them, so I didn't. I, they weren't vices for me, mm-hmm. and um, no drug, nothing like that. So I didn't have the type of vice that would that I needed to get inebriated to cope. Yeah, and I'm thankful to God for that, and I don't look down on anybody who's struggling with that. But if you can, try not to go there. Right. Yeah. Right. Because especially if you, you get to that point, it's it's hard to get out of it. So, it is. you know, just just love on each other. I know with this with the time that we're living in and everything like that, death oh, is man. all around us. Couldn't imagine um, right now. You know, it's, it's just everywhere. So I feel like this is like, something. Could you imagine being sheltered in place? Mm-mm. After losing, I mean, you know, I'm trying to think, right? You know, after losing my mother and you know needing to go and walk around the mall or, or go work out and oh yes, and none of those things are available to people right now. We got to mm-hmm. pray for those people. We do. Uh, you got to if you know somebody who's lonely, you got to be reaching out to them. Yes, uh, because people are alone, and one of the hardest things there is to be 
is alone in your thoughts while you're grieving. Exactly. That is. That is very hard. So we hope that this episode has helped um, someone out there. I know it was one of the things where it's like, can we talk about this? You mm-hmm. know. I mean, they don't want me to make them laugh all the time. <laughs> well, not can we talk, Can't but I mean, just like emotionally, are we at that point where like we're able to have this conversation, you know, because it's, it's, it's tough and, and have it without me dropping a tear or something or getting yeah. emotional or choked up. So and don't worry guys, when we cut the mics off, we are not jumping out the window. I mean, we are going to make it and we're going to survive and we're going to be okay. Yeah. And I think that it's important to talk. I think it's important to have those convos. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, yeah, if you're dealing with this, you know, just love on, love on each other. Just love and understand and communicate. And um, God bless you all. Yep. So thanks for tuning in. We're just going to cut it here. And what I would hope that you all do is think of the others who are dealing with death. They're dealing with mourning. If you have a spouse that you've, you guys are in a recent loss and maybe there's some things you could be doing better to support them, Mm -hmm. write those things down, figure them out or even ask and take an inventory. Yeah. Yeah, man. Just stay together. Stay in this. You're in this together. Yes. And um, on that note, check us next week on Divorce with a Wow. All right. Take care.